Yeah, I felt a little. I I, just, I don't know why I was so in my head for yeah. those I mean, first it's, couple. It's weird not having Randall. Yeah, yeah, it is. Not having his dulcet tones. It's just weird. Like we're talking about puzzle games without Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 23 and my name is Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with our host DJ Mandolini. Hey. And joining us as always is John Hines. <laughs> hey. He's filling in for uh, Randall Nolary this week, although he's going to be probably joining us uh, whenever he can from this point forward because uh, we just love having him. So. Aw, I love being here. Sweet. Well, it's not up to you. <laughs> well, <we're coming. laughs> You're going to be here. It's actually just because he plays cool games, but. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, Randall and uh, Tina are out uh, celebrating their anniversary out of town, so they'll be out for a couple weeks, or he'll be out for a couple weeks, and uh, John will be joining, like I said, from here on in. So let's just dig right into it. Last week we talked uh, about Link's Awakening, uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which just got kind of a remake, remaster, whatever you want to call it, on the Switch, and uh, I uh, finally decided to dig into Cadence of Hyrule, which I bought right when it came out and like was all hyped up. And like it seems like after about a week, it just kind of disappeared. Not yeah. disappeared, but faded from the limelight. Yeah. And that's just like I, that. Not just with this game, but just pretty much any game. I mean, unless it's like Breath of the Wild or something that just really captures people for months at a time or something like that. Or maybe some kind of online multiplayer thing. But, you know, these games just come and go so fast. I just I picked it up and just never got around to it. But thanks to like the excitement of Link's Awakening and whatnot, um, I decided to dive back in. And I know, John, you've played through uh, Cadence of Hyrule. I have. Um, and, and you've played through the original uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. The not game through it He's played all. some of it. Yeah, okay. I suck at that game. Like, even, I know I've mentioned you on the podcast. You are much better than I am at it, because <laughs> I've, I've played it only at your house, and I've I struggled greatly with uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, and Cadence of Hyrule added several features which made it a little bit more accessible to someone like me, who was not very good at all at Crypt of the Necrodancer. Well, for what it's worth, I, I agree, at, or at least I, I have similar feelings because I'm enjoying this game quite a bit more than uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, although I haven't even gotten to any dungeons or anything. I feel like I've got I've unlocked quite a bit of the map here, but uh, I just haven't really stumbled across any like thing that seems super significant. But I really like the pacing of the game as in like Crypt of the Necrodancer is just kind of constant. I mean, you do get some open areas, but like mm-hmm. this game gives you a little more leeway, like um, like it, you don't get punished for skipping a beat. It doesn't seem like you can keep that chain going. I don't I don't know if it keeps your combo like meter charging, but like in, in Crypt of the Necrodancer, like immediately if you don't make a move on that, yeah, if you don't perform an action. Yeah. So beat. even if you just like move against the wall just to keep the thing going but like in this game it seems like it's a little more lenient and then also when you clear a screen because the game's kind of broken up into individual screens mm-hmm. um like in a like a zelda game you know when you get to the edge of the left it just scrolls one screen over um but because of that when you clear all the enemies on one screen it just kind of goes into like a free play mode where you can uh move you don't have to move to the rhythm of the of the music which we should mm-hmm. obviously should mention is pretty great uh, at least oh, i don't yeah. know how you feel I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the music in crypt of the necrodancer actually like i enjoy it to some degree but it's like just 
not something I would listen to. And, and it actually gets like just a, it's just a little overly intense, I guess. But yeah. like when you inject these uh, Zelda melodies into that kind of framework of the music or of the I forget his name is Danny uh, Baranowski or something like that. Yeah. I forget his name. Um, but yeah, he did all the music for this and he's I, I like a lot of his soundtracks. But yeah, I, I, it wasn't super crazy on Crypt of the Necrodancer, but I like the. Yeah, because they're all remixes of like, you know, very popular Zelda so, yeah. tunes. Like there's the Gerudo Valley like theme that is like very like driven when there are enemies on the screen and then it, all, they all scale back again when you clear it and it turns into that free mode. And the thing that I actually really appreciated, even though like I do like rhythm games, but like Crypt of the Necrodancer was just a bit much or a bit too demanding for me personally. Um, like, uh, the cadence of Hyrule has an option to like desync actions from the music entirely. So then instead of it, you needing to perform an action on every beat, like you can actually just take your time and enemies will move at the same time that you perform an action. So instead of it being a rhythm game where you're like doing all these turn-based actions, you can actually just turn it into a strategy, like turn-based game. It's yeah, it's still turn-based, but you determine the pace. Right. And so you can, if you're having, you know, difficulty, like reading all the different enemy patterns or your own attack patterns or ability. It's like, you can just look at a screen as long as you need and be like, okay, I know the Moblin is going to attack in this way. I know like the Lizaflos is going to do this pattern and you can plan ahead, but it's still like, I don't know. I I liked the way that it kind of changed the approach of a game that maybe not be, you know, like everybody's favorite type of game or genre. And it opens it up for multiple types, even though it's the same game, it's the same mechanics, but just removing the, uh, like beat part of it, I think just really made it a lot more accessible. Well, now that you've gone through it and have been able to, you know, study some of those patterns, do you now want to return to it and do I it? I could. The- like, I, I, the thing I, I like the, or I guess, I guess the biggest difference between this and Crypt of the Necrodancer was that Crypt of the Necrodancer was kind of run based, where you are kind of like every dungeon's going to be different. Like you will have a new loadout each time you play. And with uh, Cadence of Hyrule, there's this overworld that persists through each run. So even though you may die, you can start over at any Sheikah stone and that will like determine where you're moving on the map and all the uh, items you get from dungeons persist throughout each run. So it's more it does handle a lot more like a Zelda game than a traditional roguelike, even though it does have some of the like you lose all your rupees, you like uh, you maintain your health, uh, your hearts that you had collect throughout. The yeah, like run. any heart containers you get, you get to keep that. Yeah. But like the normal I like the quest items you maintain and but like the normal items like your shovel and your uh lantern your rings i think boots. bombs yeah. and stuff like that you gotta that, like replenish right each so, run. so yeah i i actually really like the marriage of the two i guess concepts or the two games essentially because it, it really does just take a lot of elements and, and again like i mentioned when after you clear all the enemies on a screen and and you do you are left with like you can just kind of roam around the the screen at will 
there are like some puzzles and stuff like you push around some blocks so that you can jump up and get to like higher elevations or obviously you can like bomb stuff or torch different trees. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, I haven't found any of the dungeons, which those I believe are procedurally generated. Is that correct? Like once you go into the dungeon, like if you are to die, like next time you go in, it'll be a different. So there are rooms in like there is a main room in a dungeon where like that has, I think pretty much every time you play, there's like basically three paths and you have you have one that you need to go through first and that will go enter you into a procedurally generated map and then that will kick you out at like one of the stairs that leads you to the next path but that one you can like hit a switch or push a block which then opens it up so if you die in that you can just proceed to the second path immediately so like the main entrance to the dungeon kind of uh is always static but the actual rooms like the meat of the dungeon itself is procedurally generated and then like after you do i think two of those then you unlock the boss and then you can just proceed like directly to the boss without having to go through the entire dungeon itself okay are are they structured somewhat similarly to like most zelda games where like they're you know built around a certain item or something like that or not really i think most of the items actually you get outside of dungeons uh outside of the main dungeons they might hmm, i actually don't remember it's it's been a couple months since i last played this yeah but, you played it like right when it came out I right think. yeah and, and like i definitely you do get a lot of quest items in uh like these uh random puzzle rooms that are scattered scattered around the entire map that are not necessarily linked to the dungeons themselves and like different areas will give you different items like uh i think you get the power gloves in like the gerudo desert um and like it's still like linked to areas but not necessarily to dungeons yeah but I, I really like how there's like the connected overworld and it just it just feels more like a cohesive uh, experience even even though I do love playing a lot of these roguelikes that are totally procedurally generated and just are purely mechanics driven and whatnot but I, I like the additional layer of the Zelda you know mechanics and puzzles you know whatever puzzle solutions and that they add on to the crypt and the necrodancer formula mm-hmm. I, I don't want to I don't want to reduce the game to just call it a formula no. I feel like that sounds a little reductive but just like but it's, yeah, like, it's a good framework like the crypt of the necrodancer is a very strong like framework and I think that it blends really well with Zelda and that wasn't necessarily something that I expected or anticipated but like I, I one thing that I did really like with that specific like crypto the necrodancer formula and like i try even though i didn't have the uh like beat mode turned on for it i still tried to move in junction with the beats anytime i was fighting a boss just because i felt it gave a really good pace to it and like all the boss battles are really fun and i think really creative and have like very specific like patterns that the bosses move in that are way more complicated than just a normal enemy where you might get used to how an enemy will do it, but like a boss, just by nature of it being a larger thing that inhabits an entire screen, will have multiple things happening at once that you kind of have to assess and then react to. And I really like those a lot. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to some of those because, yeah, I have not encountered, like I said, even a dungeon, let alone any bosses. But uh, 
but I still find the game pretty tough. I mean, especially, you know, Crypt of the Necrodancer is definitely a little bit tougher, although for what it's worth, I think there are a bunch of different characters in Crypt of the Necrodancer, and one of them is, I think, the Bard is the character's name, but I, it might be a different character, but it's also, like, turns the beat off, mm. does the same thing that you you can do in Crypt of the Necrodancer. Interesting. Or in uh, Cadence of Hyrule, I should say. But yeah, in Cadence of Hyrule, also, you can turn on a permadeath mode that will shuffle yep. the uh, overworld every time you die, I believe, mm-hmm. um, on top of shuffling everything up, so, like, you carry nothing over, and you just have to beat it in, uh, in one run. So, <laughs> you know, you can Ooh. kind of really ramp up the challenge in this game quite a bit, so... Oh, yeah. And I, and I do really one I guess one last thing I just really like like the bright and charming uh, pixel art and stuff. Um, they did a really good it job of like beautiful. realizing that world like kind of it reminds me a little bit of like the Minish Cap era yeah. of like oh, those Game definitely. Boy Advance Zelda games. So yeah, it just looks really great. Yeah. Um. Well, moving right on from some great pixel art. To some more great pixel art. Look at you. Um, <laughs> I know John is a man of his word, and he uh, he picked up Chasm. Uh, we talked about it last time he was, or one of the last times he was on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Randall and I, and we were kind of over the moon on that game. And uh, John scooped it up recently, and I we don't have to go too, too into it, but uh, you have any thoughts on yeah, the bit I mean, you've been playing? I think you're already further than me, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I played it a little bit before we started recording. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I really passed over the game when it first came out because like, you know, every review is kind of like, eh, you know, this isn't exactly what we expected it to be or what we, what we necessarily wanted it to be. And there was, it was, we've kind of been going through a renaissance of Metroidvanias. Like I had played Hollow Knight and I loved Hollow Knight. And I, as while I had that on my plate, I was like, well, I don't really need to play, necessarily another metroidvania that isn't going to be you know something that's groundbreaking or incredible so yeah i I just skipped over chasm and then once you guys started like playing it and talking about it and really talking about the things that i really liked in this in the genre like i decided to pick it up and it's incredible like i i really love it it's uh like I don't know. It's it's something about it is just incredibly charming and like it handles really well and like it does a really good job of creating a consistent world. It's that, very immersive. Yeah. And I hate to that's just a word I use all the time, but it really is just I get sucked in. Like I, I was I say this all the time too. I play games a lot when I'm like listening to a podcast or like have maybe have some music on and like it's one of those games that like I th- I'm paying attention to the podcast mostly, but then once it ends, I just like I'm s- so absorbed in the game. I don't start up another episode or I, I like end up playing for like another hour and a half after that. So, yeah, no. And, and like I, I really like the because a lot of Metroidvanias that I played like will have like, oh, yeah, this is the shopkeep character or like this is the armorer. And like they'll have a few of them that, you know, are not really like integral to the plot or anything. But I think the idea of like going into these like areas and actually rescuing these characters that, you know, just add so much depth to the city that you're rebuilding. And I I think that that's really uh, a good way to, you know, get you involved and get you to care about like actually adventuring in because I don't know, like I, I think that there's plenty of games where, you know, it's like, yeah, just go until you find another boss and then go until you find a bigger boss and then just keep doing that until you beat the game. Yeah, grind for better gear. Right. So I, I really appreciated like the world building of this game. 
Yeah, it's a blast. It's it's really, really great. And we obviously did the same thing, like we said before. We just kind of skipped right over this one and really glad that we all have dove into it. And I just got to get DJ on I board. Not, yeah, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, that, that little bit that you were playing was actually really the most I've seen of this game. And even just that little bit made me pick it up. Yeah, it's, I'm putting that on my wish list. I don't know if it's still on sale, but like it was put back on sale recently yeah for like 12 bucks or something and it's normally 20 which is definitely a tad on the steep side but but even still i I think it's it's worth it yeah i think it's a a very well crafted game and again i I know i said this i think on the last episode but i think again that procedural generated world i think people just were expecting it to be something that maybe that it wasn't setting out to be it's not a roguelike game just because it has this procedurally generated world and i don't know that that's the case but it just seemed like I don't know. I, I don't understand the middling reviews because yeah. we and clearly I, honestly, all are on board. I'm most looking forward to replaying the game because like the fact that the entire world will be like somewhat new, like the rooms will be the same, but they'll be in a different order and I won't be able to predict that. It's going to keep that like tension of exploration like persisting throughout playthroughs, which is always a thing that's different or like when you play a traditional Metroidvania where everything's very carefully crafted out where this room like after you play it a few times you know exactly what's going to be you never have that same experience from the first time you play it and you have no idea what's around the next corner so i'm really looking forward to playing it again and then being like i have no idea what's going to be next yeah and again those save points can be few and far between sometimes yep. and you're it's it's not an easy game like i definitely died a bunch so oh, yeah. I, I like that tension of, yeah, when you're down there and like, I don't know where the like, again, if you're replaying it, you know, the exact layout, you got this game memorized that would maybe relieve some of that. But yeah, yeah next time you play, it's going to be different experience, at least to a degree. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I guess any more to add on that really or no, that's pretty much it. Just cool. buy Chasm because it's a <laughs> good game that you should play. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the next project from uh, BitKid. Yeah. Well, I guess we can talk about another uh, another From one Metroidvania, Metroidvania to another. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're the worst. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, DJ and I—I've uh, had this sitting on my Switch for a while. But he uh, gave me the little kick I needed to start it up and played through uh, Omega Strike. Omega. And I know you uh, finished it up. I did. I've been—I uh, I don't know—I'm about thirty, about probably a third of the way through the game. Yeah, it's like a five-hour game, I'd say. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, definitely uh, not quite as meaty of an experience as Chasm and, and definitely not quite as high on this one, at least me personally, just to get right to it. I, I'm having a good time, but I'm just not I, as great as we were, you know, just raving about Chasm. I don't want to be like, this is another amazing Metroidvania, yeah. but definitely having a good time with it so far. Yeah, it's just a simple like 2D run and gun platformer where you've got like three characters that you cycle between and they each have like pretty much two unique abilities to each of them so you know constantly just cycling through to you know find the correct way to solve each platforming puzzle or whatnot so uh, they also have different uh like shooting abilities i guess like one guy's just got a machine gun that goes pretty far another guy has like a lob like kind of grenade type shot another one's like a shotgun so you also got a you know factor in like whose attack works best in a given situation and you can level those up and like buy upgrades from like kind of there's a very similar setup to chasm there's like a town like where you go back and you buy upgrades or you buy food or whatever yeah so it's like it's it was cool to like be able to you know go through the levels with 
the characters I'd like to be able to when I could. Like I, I always go for whoever's got a double jump, you know. That's <laughs> just yeah. my my default. Um, I think one of my one of the letdowns is I guess I expected there to be more um, more challenges that involved like quickly switching between different characters and utilizing the abilities like in quick succession. Um, but it seemed pretty much like here's the part where you use this character. Here's the part you use this character. Um, yeah, it's I guess a I was more segmented. Yeah. I guess I was expecting something a little more like even quicker paced, just like, mm. like do this jump, do a double jump. And then like before you land, switch to this person. So you could do this ability so you can dash across a gap or yeah. something. I don't think there's a character with a dash, but, but something like, like that. Effect. Oh, oh, there is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, have, I haven't unlocked that oh, yet, but it's Mr. 30%. It, <laughs> there is a nice pace though, at least so far. So like you do the tutorial and you have all three characters and it kind of walks you through all the different abilities or at least the starting abilities. And then they, like the the whole like kind of conceit is that you have this teleporter and that's how you can just swap between different characters at will. And then the villain like comes and destroys that and captures the other two characters. So you have to you start with just like the kind of main like run and gun machine character machine gun character. And it it's like a yeah, it's like a run and gun Metroidvania and it feels a little bit like Contra and uh, Metal Slug mm-hmm. meets uh Wonder Boy a little bit. Like there's a little bit of that slower pace like DJ mentioned. Um DJ, I'm glad that you mentioned about the swapping the characters, because one of the things is like there's there's only one dedicated button for swapping characters. And I think one of the things that could have made that work a little better and they could have utilized is like have L and R swaps. You could swap in either direction to the different characters. So you're always swapping in the same order. So they they couldn't really are there three three different characters. It's yeah. It's not like you're cycling through like like five, five or six. Yeah. yeah. So you would it, you, if you're still. one character, you would know like, hey, if I hit R, I'm going to get my double jump. If I hit L, I'm going to get my strength so I can push this boulder or I'm going to get my dash that mm-hmm. I haven't unlocked yet. Um, right. But yeah, there's like a you know, there's like DJ said, there's clearly little sections that are like, oh, here you have to use this character that can roll under this tight gap. Um, but I do like at least for me, like I don't like the. Like Metroidvanias can be a little bit tedious for me, all the exploring. So like I like to hear that, oh, it's like five or six hours or so. That's that's a little nice for me. And it's kind of it's so far, at least what I've played, it seems nice and segmented. Like here's clearly an area where like here's an ability that you don't have yet. And you're just going to like once you get that ability, you're going to go in that direction and basically just go down this path. That's not necessary. It still has a little bit of exploring going on, but you're not doing a lot of like hitting dead ends and going back and forth over and over. You kind of, it's almost like they're broken up into little mini levels. And at least for me, I kind of prefer that. Like, I know we talked about, I, I told you, talked to you into picking up Gato Roboto mm-hmm. a while back. And like, I know we're not always on the same page with Metroidvanias, John. Yeah. Um, but th- which is why I was super excited that you're into chasm, but back to Omega strike. Yeah. I just like, I like when it's a little bit more segmented and just feels like, individual levels that are just pieced together in a cohesive fashion i guess because yeah. I, I i guess i was i was kind of surprised that you were talking about how much backtracking there was in uh what game are we talking about omega strike oh, <laughs> 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 well, like, actually i'm glad that we're saying the games again because that's uh, one thing that our buddy nick campa mentioned like say the say the game a few times so that we know what you're talking about yeah so. yeah um but yeah like thanks nick <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like in, in Gato Roboto, it did really feel like you finished a level and then you just moved on. There wasn't a lot of like it. It could have as 
easily have been just in a straight line of yeah. clearing a room, moving on to the next. Like it was it, for me, at least I would have liked more like integration in like a full like world, but you like love it's, it's, worlds. I, love, <laughs> I just, I just like environments <laughs> and it is fun to unlock new abilities or new things. Like chasm <laughs> has a great pacing of like unlocking new abilities where this is at least for me so far also has a, a pretty nice clip of unlocking new characters and abilities. So I haven't hit any brick walls, which is usually what's, you know, that's usually when I stopped playing, like when, when we were playing hollow Knight, I was just like the last two hours that I played, I made zero progress, so like it, I just stopped playing, you. you know? I just didn't, I just couldn't <laughs> figure out where to go, I guess, so this game, for me, being a little more streamlined, at least, it, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying that a little bit more, I think. We'll finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to, I am looking forward to playing some more, for sure, but uh, it is a little bit, uh, you know, a tad on the generic side. I, I enjoy yeah. the music and everything, but the pixel art is a little bit, you know, it's nice, but it's just nothing special. Um, one thing is like the camera is a little bit zoomed in. So like sometimes when you're like kind of not necessarily platforming downwards, but you're kind of moving downwards, like you can't see that the spikes are down there. Like again, not to keep comparing this game to chasm, but like, I love that you can use the right joystick to like move the camera up and down, or maybe you can't do that in chasm, but I know there's a few games that you can, I haven't used that in chasm, but maybe it's there. (laughs) I know you can in hollow Knight for sure. You can scroll it up and down. And like, that's a really nice feature when you have to take these like leaps of faith. And like in this game, I, I do feel like you have to do a lot of that, but you're also able to take quite a bit of damage and just kind of bulldoze your way through some of these chunks yeah like I, I feel like you don't even need to necessarily do the the optional kind of side questy stuff like you for know, the those, health upgrade like gems or whatever they are um so like actually that's a question i had because I, I watched a couple of like the clips that you guys posted of it like so i it looked like there were just like two health like bars you, you start with three there's like three squares but each square is like four hits of damage gotcha. but some some hits take off two hits or Okay, because from what I liked, I was like, you can only take two hits. I'm like, I'm not touching. <laughs> no, this it's game. pretty lenient, and they're pretty lenient on like dishing out health and gotcha. stuff like that. So, and you can buy for not too expensive. You can buy all kinds of like health upgrades in the town if you farm for money and stuff. So, okay, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty stacked. lenient game. There, there is a hard difficulty. Did you play on hard, I DJ? Did play on hard, you did. Okay, yes. I guess I don't know what the difference was. <laughs> yeah, maybe just tougher enemies and stuff. I don't yeah. know. Oh man, that that's one thing I was maybe a little disappointed on, like going, you know, from the easier levels to the harder levels was just like it it just seemed like, you know, the the enemies are, you know, a different color to signify that they just take more damage right. or you know, I I wish there was maybe some more variety that was introduced. Um Yeah, again, just kind of back to the little bit generic, but again, uh we we scooped this up on sale. Uh, not a game that I can wholeheartedly recommend at full price, but if you're into Metroidvania, run and gun, like it's not it's a bad time. Like, yeah, it's yeah. definitely I'm I'm having fun for sure. I just like if I paid fifteen, I might be like a little bit like ah, it's you know considering what other games you can grab at that price. It's a wish list game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, I guess from here, John and I have both been playing a couple of newer games and newer puzzle games. But, John, why don't you start us off with a little bit of a Cross Sneak Plus, which I guess we all played a tiny bit of. Yeah. So Cross Sneak Plus uh, was a kickstarted game by Max Krieger. Um, and it is a, as he bills it, a Dreamcast era like puzzle game that is uh, high on the competition and like high octane and energy um 
the way that it controls is similar to a Yoshi's cookie, uh, where you have a grid of, in this case, they're squares of up to four different colors, but primarily three different colors, depending on the size of the grid. And what you are attempting to do is create a continuous line or row and column or a cross at any point. So uh, that can also be at the edges of a of the grid or in the anywhere in the middle. So you're just trying to make crosses and that will clear those and generate new colors in those. And it will, depending on your mode, it will increase the difficulty or just increase your score. Um, he implemented uh, a couple different modes based in the base game. Uh, there is an endless mode, which has a bar that and it continuously ticks down and you are just trying to make crosses uh, while that ticks down. And once you do, that completely refills the timer and that the more crosses you make, the higher your level gets and the faster the bar decreases. So you're just trying to get better and beat the clock and then eventually it throws in a couple different uh, types of blocks. There is a lock block that uh, the thing like if you've never played a Yoshi's cookie, the when you move a row or a column, it loops around to the other side. So uh, as you're moving it, like the row just continues in an infinite loop. But once there is a lock on there, that lock cannot proceed to the other side once it once it reaches the edge. Um, then there are star blocks, which if you clear a row or a column with that in there, it gives you a bonus. And then there are X blocks. I forget what they're technically called. It might be a null block. And if there is an, a block with an X on it, then you cannot move either the row or the column that that block is on. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that it throws at you while you're trying to clear block or crosses as fast as possible. Um, and it has a really good uh, 2000s era, like late 90s, like drum and bass soundtrack, like very uh, high energy, just electronica music. And it, the aesthetic of it is very rooted in Y2K and like what the future was in the early 2000s. And it uh, like it was just a really good homage to that era of puzzle games. And I, I think it's a really fun, like the core mechanics of it, I think, are just incredible and really creates like an endlessly replayable uh, puzzle game, which I think is the best thing that you can do in a puzzle game is just have a simple like mechanic that is just really satisfying to just play over and over and over again. How much time have you sunk into this, John? <laughs> oh, God, I've spent a lot. Um, so there's like a shop thing where like, as you play either an endless or a time attack uh, or a versus mode, like you gain coins and you can unlock extra tracks, uh, extra characters to use in the versus mode. We played a versus a little bit, a couple before. rounds. Yeah. And like, uh, DJ and I had a particularly tense bat, Oh Yeah. And it was, it was really fun. Like, and it seemed like there were even like new mechanics added into this mode, like all the different items and stuff that you're using to essentially attack your opponent with. Yes, there was a DJ kept employing a power up that basically just ruined me every time. Give <laughs> me the option. Why yeah. would I use it? Under lock and key. <laughs> yeah, it would like create it generated like an entire row of like locked blocks. 
So I just could not advance like an entire row. Of yeah, when you already have a few of them spawning, right? As it is so. so it was basically just uh, at that point. But we had, we made it to we were doing a best of three, and we played it all five rounds. Oh yeah. So it was. It's a. It's a. The the versus mode is really good. First to three. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> but. Uh, a nice thing, like, uh, so Max has, like, posted a lot in the, since release, it only came out, like, a week ago? A week maybe? or two yeah, at the most. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, oh, man. this game just came out, and he's been posting a lot of, uh, you know, either uh, screenshots or GIFs of, like, the des- development process, and, like, he was, he did a good thread the other day on, like, how he created a versus mode because when he initially made it he made like a free-to-play version of cross sneak this is technically cross sneak plus mm. um so like there's a a browser based that he did as a proof of concept when he did the kickstarter version of it and like he was like okay how do i develop this into a versus mode and he did a great thread that you can find on on twitter that shows like the different mechanics that he tried out what worked what didn't and I think he did a really good job, I think, where like he called it like a tug of war mode, where when you play versus, it's kind of the similar as the endless mode where you have a decreasing uh, time limit to create an- another cross. And as you are completing crosses, your time limit uh, increases and your opponents decreases. So like as your as your opponent puts one, it makes yours shorter as you do one, it makes theirs shorter. So it's you're constantly vying and trying to make theirs shorter so that they have less time to react to things. And it's it's a great way. Like it, we were very stressed oh, out yeah. by the end of it. Yeah, I could. I definitely am already sold. Like I'm I'm planning on picking up this game for sure. So mm-hmm. You want to make that top 20. Yeah, they have a nice leaderboard that literally only has a top 20, which is also pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, no, it's it's a it's a great game. I I would say like uh, because it is like just a very early game and it just launched like he said that he's making some quality of life patches and like the like there's a very I like the aesthetics of like the uh, menus and everything. But it is kind of like unintuitive when you're going on. But like the actual once you get to the actual gameplay of it, like everything is just so polished and so great. Like it's I I wholeheartedly recommend this game. Yeah, and it's only like eight bucks, right? Yeah, like yeah. at full price, it's, it's like seven ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to pick this up right oh, after yeah. we end the podcast. Let's stress ourselves out and play <laughs> <through> matches. <laughs> And there's also touch controls, which like there's there's a bunch of different ways to play this. There's it's I'm very excited for whatever he works on next or just continuing to work on this. Awesome. Well, from one indie puzzler to mm. another, uh, I've been playing a bunch of uh, cyber protocol and I'm about a quarter of the way through the game. This is one of, like a kind of like a, a campaign driven arcade uh, puzzle game, which is a lot more action based than I anticipated. Like it's got like really bright, like neon, like cyberpunk aesthetics. Like it, like the conceit of the game, which has like one little cutscene at the beginning. That's like not super animated or anything, but you just like show some people walking around in like a blade runner kind of setting. And then like this character walks up with like a floppy disk and puts it into this machine. And then you like basically are go right into the menu screen from there. And then from there, it's like, you're like essentially supposed to be hacking these terminals. And it's like 
kind of like these grids laid out like a, a giant, you know, it starts out a little bit smaller, but they get pretty huge. These levels that are like almost like Pac-Man, at least in aesthetics. And you're like going to collect all these little pellets and there's smaller ones and bigger ones that are pretty much just for points. And uh, essentially you're, you're only able to move up, down, left or right. And if, when you move up, down, left or right, you will move all the way. Like if you move to the right, you're going to keep moving right like very quickly until you either hit a wall or an obstacle or die by hitting something that kills you. And there's a lot that is out to kill you in this game. There's like, you know, it starts off with some simpler things that are like some tiles or um, spaces that when you move through them, they're like they're outlined in purple. And as you move through them, they like are activated and like maybe a second or so later they explode so if you like land on one and stop for a second or if you backtrack you know if you were like oh i didn't mean to go that way if you're not quick enough sometimes you you can be quick enough to go like back and forth real quick and like that that's really where they get you they lay out some of these extra like bigger pellets or whatever that are worth just more points or whatever but they also have these bonus uh tiles that just uh, they're like a bright yellow and the letter like it just spells out bonus in it like it keeps shuffling the letter um, but you can get those and when you, uh, you, when you unlock enough of those, you just get like little different avatars for your character. I've only unlocked two of them mm-hmm. or actually technically one. Cause you start with one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep inflating those numbers. Yeah. But it, this game is so, so tough. Like there's a, it says right up at front, like a hundred levels, you know, and it's, I'm only on the 20, I just beat the 25th level and I am starting to like not hit a brick wall. Like I I definitely feel like I can still beat these challenges, but they are like, it's simultaneously like slow and methodical because you really, you have to like, once you get to a safe spot, you're like just sitting there, just scanning the map. Like, okay, what are, what are the moves I need to make? But not in every case, but in some cases you do have to, okay, I have to like, there's like, you know, there's laser beam shooting. There's all kinds of projectiles. There's like, um spaces that you pass through that will once you pass through them they create a block that you then can't go past or or a wall or whatever or I was gonna say like the actual action clips that I've seen of you playing it like are very fast paced yeah like, so, so that you just are like almost looking for those like safe pockets where you can like plan your quick maneuver to make so mm-hmm. and there there are some of the longer levels have checkpoints in them um, but you're really just trying to get to the exit. They're really all, everything else is just collecting for points or to unlock those avatars. But otherwise, you're, you're, the only goal is just to get to the exit. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's just all kinds of different things. There's like some things that are just like a moving like spiked enemy that'll kill you if you touch it. Or now I'm on the levels I'm on. There's these moving blocks that you can only land on while they're while they're stopped, and you can only launch off of while they're stopped. So like you really have to like see okay i gotta get around to like be on this moving block on the left side of it so that i can launch off it in the right position to get to the next moving block it's it really gets a little complicated but you do yeah you have to plot out those moves and make them really quickly in a lot of cases in a way that limitation is kind of nice because it then makes it easier to determine how you need to proceed through the level it's like oh i can't pick when i'm going to you know jump off this block i can only do it at very specific points like I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very yeah, it's very like uh, methodical, I guess. But it's uh, there is also a versus mode in this game, which I didn't try, but it it looks like it's just racing through levels. Oh, yeah. Which uh, (laughs) does seem like it would be a little tough because one thing is like so the game is like pretty starts at like the standard view is zoomed in really close. And you do have to like hold down the ZR trigger to keep it zoomed out. And even at the full zoom out, 
it's like sometimes you're kind of making a leap of faith like you're just like i guess i have to go up here and it is laid out pretty fairly like they're not going to just throw you into a death trap like if your only move is to go up here dark souls you (laughs) (laughs) nice um but yeah it's it's there's teleporters there's all kinds of there's these uh blocks that like once you pass through them like until you pass through them they'll block the laser beams that are shooting but once you pass through them that then the lasers that are shooting that are like kind of on in sync with the rhythm of the music which again the soundtrack's got like a really nice like synth wave like gets a little bit darker i i really like the vibe of the soundtrack for sure and it has some like some of those like grainy vhs style you know visual effects you can turn them off if you're not into them but uh, i actually think it adds to this game with that neon aesthetic um it just really really fun really challenging game but perfect for like those bite size like I wouldn't even say bite size because like when I'm firing it up, I'm like definitely committing some mental energy to this game. But it's like just it, like, oh, I'm just going to beat a level or two yeah, and then it, move along. It's like super engaging and at the same time, super exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I did one level and it was like great. But I was just like, I, I don't know if I can do enough. Right now. <laughs> but in fairness, that was your first time playing and you picked up probably like halfway through the second world so probably like level 15 and like i said i'm on level 25 and like hitting a wall um, not not a wall but i'm, I'm having a tough nah, time man. you're nailing it <laughs> uh no but I'm, I'm having fun but i i really do not see myself completing this game so if, if you're <laughs> oh, looking for a challenge um definitely recommend cyber protocol and this game at least for now is only on the switch i don't know if that's gonna stay that way but from what i what i saw it's from red deer games and i saw yeah it was a switch exclusive for the time being so nice um but definitely worth checking out let's check out versus mode yeah we'll check that out maybe we'll follow up uh next well not next week but (laughs) in the future Mm. but uh i think we can pretty much wrap it up there this week yeah 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 cool well our our game of the month as we've mentioned uh the past few weeks for the month of october is going to be cave blazers Uh, i think we've all put in some time at this point so definitely looking forward to playing some more for the rest of the month and uh talking some more especially with john because i think you had not played uh up to this point dj and i had played quite a bit new experience for me awesome and for randall i think he might have played once or twice before but i'm excited to have a little bit of uh some veteran experience and some uh some rookie experience (laughs) here yeah so cool well i guess until uh next week we will uh catch you then take care see ya bye hey everybody welcome to pursuing pixels my name's kevin portelli and i'm here tonight with our hosts rant jesus Just in the mode, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we miss you, Randy. Mm. Oh, man. We should have started an hour ago. Yeah. <sighs> Rip. What is it, 930? Yeah. We're good. Randall's time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.